Welcome to another episode of the Leaders in Education podcast, the official podcast for the Charlevoix-Emmett Intermediate School District, featuring voices in education. Hello, my name is Lauren Ringel, and I am the Regional Implementation Team and Multi-Tiered Systems of Support Coordinator. It's my pleasure to be talking today with Joe Warner, Teacher Consultant. Welcome, Joe. Hi. Thanks for sitting down with me. Thanks for having me today. In education, we are tasked with implementing state mandates, evidence-based practices, curriculum resources, social and emotional resources, strategies, technology, and the list can go on and on. At the end of the day, we're looking to continuously improve outcomes for our students and the staff with that we serve. So, Joe, based on your experiences, what factors contribute to strong Im- implementation of initiatives or practices, uh, and what does success feel like? Well, I guess um, from my perspective, oftentimes it starts with facilitation from administration um, that backs an initiative with resources like time, training, um, and the materials that are needed. And then the most successful teams I know um, are have shared leadership roles and active engagement then in the initiatives. Um, you know, the staff is involved as well. It's a team approach and often looks like a cycle where teams um, set up some systems and then they meet regularly kind of to collect and reflect on the data and are they seeing the outcomes that they want to see with students um, based on you know the goals of the initiative and then just making decisions and adjustments so really being flexible and responsive um, in working to continually improve their own process. So that team-based approach is really and, and I heard you say shared leadership is, is really important in, in probably buy-in and commitment of staff. Yeah. yeah. Engagement. It's a key to engagement, really, is that active participation and everyone seeing their role and their efforts as being beneficial to moving um, you know, the program or initiative forward. Yeah, that's great. That's great. And it, you talked about kind of a cycle. It reminds me of the plan, do, study, act kind of cycle or a continuous improvement or progress monitoring that you're using data to, and tweaking to meet the needs of your students or systems. Yeah, it's no different than what we do in classrooms every day. Yeah, you're we, right. We're just you're right. monitoring, making adjustments um, based on what we're seeing, whether it's formative or formal. And um, you know, just being responsible and flexible, so it's no different. Uh, yeah. Just on a different, different level, different scale. Yeah, I, systems at every level. I love it. So, basic going on your team theme here. Um, research does indicate that having teams oversee implementation efforts to increase positive outcomes for students makes a really substantial difference. As much as it, without a team, it can be fifteen percent improved outcomes for students over a 17-year span, like a whole career um, cycle for education for a student, uh, versus 80% improved outcomes for students over three to five years with team, with team existence. So can you just elaborate just a little bit more on, um, on what those teams do and what successful teams have in place? Yeah, so um, I think that schools that have teams established seem to have a higher level of school-wide satisfaction, um, engagement, and then ultimately uh, their initiatives are sustained um, long-term. So just having you know, that team approach, I think you know, the data, as you shared, really shows that you know, the, the efforts that you're putting forth are going to be sustained long-term. 
Um, and then really that level of satisfaction uh, by the staff that are involved because they see the fluency, the efficiency, and ultimately they see positive student outcomes, you know, yeah. to problems that they identified, you know, in selecting those initiatives. So um, I feel like, uh, you know, I've observed, you know, what the data is showing us, I've observed that sort of as boots on the ground um, over all the years, you know, I've been around over 30. Yeah, so. yeah. So you've it's seen, been a while, and I've seen, seen different systems come and go. Absolutely. And, and those um, that really have strong teams um, outlast, and um, they make the changes yeah. over time, and they're they're still in place today in some cases. That's yeah. that's great, and it's probably really well. I know I've I've from my classroom experience and and other experiences, it's really rewarding to start to see those. Um, the fruits of those implementation efforts with students um, occurring. For sure. So you spoke about what needs to exist. I, in your experience, in your vast experience that you just mentioned, um, what impacts does poor implementation have in your experience? Well, I think one thing um, that can go wrong, kind of going back to that idea of team, is if there's uh, one person that's kind of assigned or assumes the role um, of a team and then, you know, pretty much controls a lot of the systems mm. in place. I've seen um, that happen before where it works well while it works, but then if that person has a new role, um, maybe moves on or retires, mm -hmm. all of a sudden the entire school is starting over with a brand new system. So, uh, you know, kind of that not having um, identified roles and maybe not cross-training and that mm. communication that comes mm -hmm. along with establishing teams, um, I think sets, could set, you know, schools back Yeah. Um, from that approach. Um, the other thing is that you really get multiple perspectives when you have teams involved and you don't really have that so much if you rely on, you know, one person or a couple people. It's that um, shared leadership that you spoke about yeah, earlier. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, I think about um, equity, too. Mm. So when we're not implementing as intended, um, students are affected, ultimately. So 100%. You know, they don't, when something that, you know, we want to put in place um, that is evidence-based and that sh we should, you know, see some good results with, um, when it's not sustained and students don't have access to the programs that they need, um, then we're, you know, we're failing them by mm -hmm. not implementing. So I think that that's probably one of the most critical um, reasons for having systems and teams in place is, you know, to be accountable to our clients, which are our students and our families. Um, the other thing is if we're not implementing well, only partially, um, we're not going to see the gains that we would have expected if we're doing that with fidelity. So students are, again, having missed opportunities to learn. You know, an example might be if a program says to see these results, you have to do it four times a week for 15 minutes, mm -hmm. and we just are hitting on it once a week. Mm -hmm. You know, that's not full implementation. Right. So right. you're implementing, but not to the degree um, that you need. And again, I think students are affected. You know, and then a sidebar uh, consequence from that is then staff morale 
is affected yeah, because they so don't right. see, you know, they see all the effort that has to go into this um, implementation of a program or an initiative or whatever. Mm -hmm. But if you don't see the student gains, um, you begin to become demoralized and not feel like it's worth the effort and it's just one more thing. Um, and so it really, when you don't um, thoughtfully plan for implementation, I think it has a lot of um, unintended negative effects Yeah, on students and staff both, and probably families as a result of, you know, their point, you know, they're um, thinking that their students are going to um, do well in a specific program, and then, you know, they're getting feedback that, that it's not going so well. I think it's discouraging for families, too, so. What a message that sends, Jill, that, that those equitable systems and how we how we implement them and the the efforts that that we put in as educators educators really impact each one of our students right and it's it's making sure that each one each student has successful outcomes and, and access um, to education to quality education mm -hmm. yeah so um, the word systems comes up a lot. We've talked about that a little bit, and you gave some classroom and then school-wide examples. Um, it comes a lot in, that, in our education and um, in really our, our entire world. I, in one of the um, previous RIT updates, I talked about my classroom standpoint, as you just did, but what are some other examples um, of systems or processes that, that you experience on a daily basis? So I go in and out of systems. That's my life, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, right? so yeah. I go in and I, you know, I go visit individualized classrooms where teachers have systems set up. Um, I work, at, you know, at my local schools on child study teams or a special education uh, team with all the special ed staff. Um, we also meet as on individual problem-solving teams. Like it could be an academic. Um, in nature, or it could be behavior mm -hmm. teams, you know, mm -hmm. where we're really trying to provide some intensified supports for students. Um, then in my role at the ISD, I have a lot of teams I'm involved in, too. I'm on our PBIS uh, trainers team, mm -hmm. and I meet with um, the teacher consultants uh, regularly, and also we meet with all the K-12 um, personnel um, too on a regular basis so sure. you know all these teams have their own systems that kind of keep them um, moving forward and that kind of govern the day-to-day -day business and um, really all of them have short and long-term goals mm. you know even if they're um, something that you know like a, like I think about an individual teacher classroom the, the classrooms I work in you know we always talk about you know, what are your goals for um, your classroom or the student and, you know, how can I help support? So um, not only do we have the system in place, but we always have, like, what is the end goal? And mm -hmm. then what are the short steps, you know, kind of needed to achieve and to get there? Sure. Um, but, yeah, and then, you know, I have my own systems, too, individual. Yeah, <laughs> so absolutely. I think we all do. Every year I reevaluate them, too. Uh -huh, it's like, oh, that right. didn't work as well as <laughs> yeah, I thought it would. Right. So what can I do differently this right. year? Right, yeah, individual, classroom, team level, school-wide, education system-wide really runs the gamut, right? Mm -hmm. um, at, the, at the ISD, we're really taking a look at promoting strong collaboration, which you've, you've spoken to 
um, in our time together today, communication and consistency. What are some things that you are seeing or feeling that, that promote or, or should be seeing or feeling um, to make sure that we're, we're really living into those three, those three strong, strong areas? Yeah. So in the area of communication, I'll just go back and add a little to my response, you know, to your last question. Sure. That um, we at the ISD, um, we've been providing a lot of training in adaptive schools. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the mechanics and the foundation tools, um, really of establishing agendas, um, having working agreements, um, maybe even looking at time management, those kinds of things, really help groups focus and get mm -hmm. the work done in a way that everyone feels um, is somewhat efficient. Yeah. And, you know, um, people are leaving meetings that are organized in that way um, less frustrated, I guess, because we accomplished what the goal was, right? Yes. So we're setting out the outcomes, mm -hmm. you know, within the agenda. So just mentioning that because... Um, you know, I think that's been an, uh, an important initiative that came out through the ISD, um, and you know, it's a it was a big commitment of time, yes. and I feel like it's really for my own self personally, and from what I've seen, you know, from our team and and um, educators that have participated, um, it it's really helped us do the business of you know keeping our system strong. Um, the other thing I'd mention are the communication streams mm -hmm. um, that come out from the ISD, you know, like um, in the know, um, the newsletters, um, this podcast is, is new for mm -hmm. us mm -hmm. and I've been listening, you know, to the podcast and um, I, I feel like all of this is helping me in my communication so that my message is clear and consistent and just almost like a student. I'm hearing it in different ways, mm -hmm. and the concept is I'm able to to grasp new concepts and new information, and um, retain it so that you know in my role as a coach um, or collaborating, you know, with all the teams that I've been involved in or even consulting, um, that I feel confident in the information that I'm sharing. Good, I guess yeah. because of those. Um, you know, the uh, the other thing is the, like, the special ed and behavior collaboratives. Mm -hmm. I know um, those are specific to my needs and my role, and I know there are a lot of other collaboratives going on, like Ben was talking about, um, um, some power school, you know, collaboratives for secretaries. Sure. I feel like that's meeting a need, again, for that consistency. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just such a wonderful time to collaborate, to collaborate in person again. Yeah. Feels great, doesn't it? Um, yeah. This yeah. morning we were going through least restrictive environment um, tools and placement and what does that look like and how we monitor our IEPs and just having a mixed table from um, persons from different districts sharing their best practices and it was really energizing. And so, you know, just, just having those things in place um, have really been supportive. Um, to me in my role and I think you know ultimately as I share out they're um, also supporting the people I support day-to-day um, -day. Yeah, great those are those are really um, strong examples of and I kind of get a clear picture of how that's impactful on a, on a organization-wide 
uh, level. And, and you kind of mentioned that differentiation for adult learning. So it's important as we as we move forward with these endeavors that we think about how do we reach each one of our staff so that we can meet each one of our students' needs too. Is there anything else that you'd like to add, Jill, about systems or, or anything that you were hoping that I would ask that, that I didn't ask today? No, I would just say that um, I'm, I'm grateful post-COVID that we have, you know, that all these systems were in place and they survived, mm -hmm. Yeah. right? Yes. Like, um, they might have been weakened because of our lack of ability to follow through with communication or sure. collaboration or you yeah. know, whatever, but um, the, the systems that were in place prior to COVID, I think, are still strong. Yeah. So, and they've been re-energized with us being able to get back at the table and work together in person. So, um, I'm, I'm grateful for that. And I appreciate um, spending the time today with you to really reflect on all the systems that support me yeah, day in great. and day out and at, at the different levels. So, Well, it's, it's been great talking with you, Jill, as always. And so I just appreciate you taking time out of your crazy busy schedule to um, highlight successes that you've experienced. Thanks a lot. Great. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Leaders in Education podcast. Please check out our archive for past episodes. And remember, the great thing about learning is that you never have to stop.